You know, my first wife passed away with cancer. I didn't want to marry again. I wanted to be single the rest of the, my life. But because of the arranged marriage system in India, some of my leaders felt like I needed a wife. It came to the point I was a little frustrated with all that. I said, Lord, if you really think I should marry again, she must be white skin, blonde hair, blue eyes, and she should come and ask me. But around a week later, my friends heard about a missionary from India coming to speak at a church. Talking about me, friends. In Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, where I'm from. And then one day, God just burdened my heart to pray for him. And I even started praying for a wife for him. So I walked out, looked back towards the stage where he was speaking, and God spoke to me again, still small voice, he's your husband. Well, I am Monica Piety Pamela, wife of this man here. I'm from Canada originally and have lived in India for 26 years and 25 years as his wife. I am Yesupadam, born and brought up in India, saved by the grace of Jesus when I was 23. Since then, my only desire is to make the name of Jesus known to the people, initially to my people in India, later on around the world. Monica Inyasupadam, how long have you been married now? 25 years on April 25th. And uh, could you tell us how this happened? How did the Lord bring you guys together? Only Jesus can do that. <laughs> it's not normal, trust me. Being an untouchable boy in India, never traveled to the West, never thought of marrying a white girl, like my beautiful wife. But Jesus brought us together for his purposes, like my wife mentioned, 25 years ago. And... Uh, it's amazing. You know, my first wife passed away with cancer and uh, I didn't want to marry again. I wanted to be single the rest of the, my life, serving Jesus, preaching Jesus, planting churches. That was my fashion. That's still my fashion though. So that's what I wanted to do. But because of the arranged marriage system in India, some of my leaders felt like I needed a wife. And they started using the Bible against me that I'm the preacher of the Bible. They said, it's not good for a man to be alone. And I was married already 21 years. Had an amazing life and blessed with the two children. And then uh, when they started talking to me, they brought me to the point of showing beautiful, godly Indian woman. They're beautiful, they're godly. I like them, but I don't want to marry again. It came to the point I was a little frustrated with all that. I wanted to know and know and know that it's not God's will for me to marry again. And that's why I prayed a prayer. No man heard it, trust me. I thought I was closing the door, shutting the door forever for all the people that are counseling me and 
literally sometimes putting pressure on me to marry again. I said, Lord, if you really think I should marry again, she must be white skin, blonde hair, blue eyes, and she should come and ask me. Friends, I want to let you know that I thought I was putting an impossible target to the Lord to prove myself I'm right. All the other people who are trying to suggest me is wrong. That's how I started my life. And uh, I thought I was good doing good. And I, I was getting phone calls from different people and letters telling me God showed them that I'm their husband. Like, that's not the same answer for my prayers. And then meanwhile also, there was some American sister, amazing sister, godly sister, who came to me and told me, God showed her that I'm her husband. And then a Korean, she came to me and said, God showed me that I'm her husband. I'm like, a, how, for how many people this <laughs> one Indian boy could be a husband? But the prayer I prayed really protected me. Mm. And then I thought, man, thank you, Lord that you honored my prayer and not doing it. What other people are talking into my life. Hmm. But that's not the end of the story. Suddenly, we have 30 foreigners. We are doing crusades, meetings in the night, like thousands of people. We have Americans, Koreans, and then one Canadian. One of the crusades we had in Ponur, one of the American brothers pastor preached an amazing message on God's love. And I was calling people, I was giving an altar call. I was calling people who wants to accept Jesus. There were hundreds of them that are walking to the front. So I told all the foreigners to go to them and pray for the people, even the people that did not respond to the altar call, not knowing what was happening there. I thought that they went to pray for the people. But I will continue that what happened that night, let my beautiful wife share to you and we will continue that story. Well, I have to give some prior <laughs> things to that. Um, growing up in Canada, I gave my life to the Lord when I was seven. I just wanted to serve the Lord all my life. I was baptized when I was 10. When I was 12, I told my mom, I'm going to be a missionary someday. And so all the time growing up, whenever there was meetings, altar calls, I was always like, Lord, here I am, send me. I, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And just that was my heart's desire, to know the Lord, to serve Him, do whatever, but He wasn't making anything clear. And then I, I went to Bible college. And after Bible college, I also really badly wanted to be married. <laughs> and I thought by the age of 25, I'll definitely be married. But around 21, 22, I um, heard about courtship. And out of that, I prayed Lord, show me who I should marry. I'm not going to date anymore. I don't want any more games. I just want to know that I know that I know that's my husband. 
and I asked the Lord, arrange my marriage. I never heard of arranged marriages. I didn't know anything about India and arranged marriages. But Lord, show me who my husband is. So for six years, I prayed that way and waited, and it was hard. Six years of just seeing men who I thought, well, maybe that could be the person, but God just not letting anything happen. And at one point, I was very discouraged and struggling, and the Lord gave me a little saying. He gives His very best to those who leave the choice to Him. Did you hear that, guys? His best. <laughs> the handsome brown guy waiting is the best thing for God's best. And the funny part is I thought that I would like to marry a tall blonde cowboy. <laughs> But God said he'd give his very best if I leave the choice to him. So I continued praying and waiting and At one point, God just took away the desire to be married, and I said, Lord, even if I'm single the rest of my life, that's fine. This was 1996, and a friend of mine told me she was going to India, and this like electric shock went through me, and I thought, I want to go to India. And then immediately, I dismissed it. I thought it was just my own desire to do missions again, to go, because I was kind of settled down in a job, working, doing what I least wanted to be doing, is settled down in a career-minded job. I, I wanted to be a missionary. Suddenly, this desire to go, and I thought, I don't know any organizations in India to go with. I don't know a place you can go long-term, because at this point, if I go anywhere, it has to be long-term. And I don't have the money to go, so I dismissed it. But around a week later, my friends heard about a missionary from India coming to speak at a church. Talking about me, friends. In Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, where I'm from. And so I went along with them and heard him speak, and he, they invited him to their home for dinner. And then he shared all about this ministry in India, Love and Care Ministries, and all the ways God spoke to him and showed him what to do. And, and he had visions and dreams and words. And I thought, wow, here's a modern-day person who hears from God and obeys God. And I was so impressed by that, blessed by that. And then he said openly, any of you want to come to India, you can come six months or a year or as long as you want. You can just get your one-way ticket over to India, and uh, we'll take care of your food and accommod accommodations. Just come and serve. It's still valid. <laughs> and I thought, wow, this is incredible. I'd never heard of a place you can go without raising a lot of money. And I knew I could buy a return ticket. Within three months, God showed me so clearly I should go there. So January of 97, I flew over to India, and I thought, I'm just so excited to be on the foreign mission field, ready to be single the rest of my life. Maybe I'll give three years of my life to India and go back to Canada and see what else God has for me. And I got off the plane in India, and God spoke to me, you're at home, and such a peace. And then I went to the ministry, Love and Care Ministries, And for three weeks, we were traveling and busy, and I found out then that his first wife had passed away three years earlier, that he had grown kids. And I just, I felt so at home. And the first three weeks, busy traveling, doing these crusade meetings, sharing the gospel in the villages every daytime, just watching what was happening and feeling really just such a peace there. And then one day, God just burdened my heart to pray for him. 
as the leader of the ministry, and I felt what he carried as the leader of the ministry on my shoulders. So I was praying for him for three days, and I even started praying for a wife for him. Mm. Careful, girl. (laughs) Careful what you pray for. (laughs) And on the third day, night, at a crusade meeting that he was talking about, this message happened, then the altar call. He was telling us foreigners, go in the crowd and pray for the people who have not gone forward. So I walked out, looked back towards the stage where he was speaking, and God spoke to me again, still small voice, he's your husband. Mm. And this joy and peace came over me, and it was like my whole life made sense. Everything I desired except the tall blonde cowboy, (laughs) which I had laid down and said, anything you want, Lord. But just knowing I was chosen and called for for India to be his wife, yeah, I was just thrilled that God had chosen me. So the next day, just praying, how do I, how does he know this very important information that he's my husband? And we were traveling for 12 hours. We ended up in the same vehicle. We're driving along, and I'm really praying, like, Lord, what do I do? I know you're not supposed to tell a man. God told me. Suddenly, we had a flat tire in the middle of nowhere by a hut. And he and I ended up on the side of the road, and the couple from the hut gave us something to sit on, and they disappeared. I was like, okay, I know this is a setup from God. I need to tell him. And that's what I did. I said, you know, we're sitting like this. He didn't have his arm around me. (laughs) And I said, I need to tell you something. Last night, God spoke to me and told me, you're my husband. She did. And that's how I was the answer to the prayer that he looked at me. I was white-skinned, blonde hair, blue-eyed, came and asked him. I didn't ask him. I told him what God had told me. That's how God brought us together. And then after he got over his initial shock, he began to share the different things that had happened with him and how he had prayed that prayer. And it was so clear to us, God had led us together. It couldn't have been more clear. Everything with India, everything with marrying him, God spoke so clearly. And I think that's so important with marriage, to know that you know that you know who you're marrying is chosen by God for you, you for that person. That means when the going gets tough, we know God put us together for His purposes. So we can go through anything with the Lord, with each other. Amen. Yes, Yusupadam, what was your reaction as you prayed this impossible prayer? And now here you are sitting next to Monica, and she tells you, hey, God told me, you're my husband. It was very shocking. Something that I never wanted, never expected to happen. But it's so clear the way God answered the prayer. What can be more clearer than that? How God answered it. I know it is from the Lord. I know I have to obey it, but I didn't want to. Because I made a public announcement in the crusades that I'm not going to marry again because of the pressure of many girls calling and writing me letters and like God showed me, God showed me. So I want to totally stop it. Mm. So my first initial was that, what would people think about me? With all the announcements I made, 
and then the second thing was i also do not want to be married again i felt like that could be a distraction from what god called me to do and uh, so it was hard i remember i took me almost 3 months to process through go through but what happened we were going to the next crusade place so after we went there to the next crusade pray i know god answered my prayer and i want a confirmations though i know it is from the lord otherwise you know we never talked about it we didn't know each other anything before before this moment did you tell her about the prayer you just kept it to no, yourself no man knows nobody knows mm-hmm. that's why we never talked about marriage or anything like this just god answered that way i know it so i i shared with one of the leaders my next leader in the ministry and i told him i said john this is what uh, this lady said and then when he was listening to me he was he went into prayer and he was praying in his prayer with weeping he said lord thank you for revealing this to your servant which you have already revealed this to me i couldn't believe it he prayed that prayer and after he prayed i said why did you pray that prayer and he told me when my wife passed away he was very angry upset with god and he said god why did you do this he so faithfully both of them serving you why did you do this basically injustice to your servant then he told me lord spoke to him and said that i will be marrying a foreigner mm. and god will use us for the international ministry and he already shared that with his wife both of them know they were praying he didn't share with me because culturally i have a grown up daughter and they wanted our late daughters to be married first before we think of marry so he was waiting for my daughter to be married so that he can come and share with me hmm. but since because it said that was like a first confirmation to me and the second confirmation was i shared with one of my relatives who went to be with the lord now but uh, so he said you know better he he's, he calls me like a older brother he know better whatever you think is god we are with you and i shared with another leader of the ministry it was like a confirmation to me i i already know that but i was also part of me thinking what the people will think about it if it is an indian nobody would say anything but because she's a foreigner why is he why he want to marry a foreigner and they didn't know i prayed that prayer mm-hmm. but it was amazing way friends only jesus can do this trust me it's such an unusual abnormal thing only jesus can because he has a plan for our lives and finally i said yes lord i said yes lord respect to off i know there were criticisms and when i announced it people didn't understand two things number one is why is he marrying again number two why a foreigner number three there's a big age difference here so that's people that's how people see it but god has a different plan so i obeyed god's plan i'm glad 
I did it. I'm so thankful God brought this amazing lady into my life. And uh, like she said, 25 years on May 20, April 25th. Amazingly, God blessed us with two beautiful children. And they are in, uh, studying in Old Roberts University. Thank you, babe, for marrying me. And uh, without you, I would have never done what God did in my life, through my life. Grateful and thankful for obeying God and doing what God called you to do. Friends, like it's not easy, trust me. It's like East and West. <clears throat> it's not just the language, even the thinking. The way we think Indians are totally different than the Western people think and operate things. But because God in it, He helped us. Mm -hmm. I remember in the initially, the first question I asked her, after I know it was God's will, any divorces in your family? Because that would, uh, I even said, told her, that would kill me. Mm. Yeah, because many times, that like a 50% of the Christian marriages ending up with the divorces in the Western world. So that was uh, my fear. Man, if anything like that happens, what happens to the ministry? What is my testimony? Mm. I remember asking her, and she might have been scared to death, but there was one in her family. But I trusted God more than any culture or anything. And God helped me to rely on Him, trust Him, knowing it's God in it. If it's God in it, He will make it happen. And we married in Canada, and that was not easy, easy maybe. I will let my wife share the next part of it. What happened then, we both know, we both agreed, but continue, babe. Yeah. Well, it was very hard for my mom especially. It took me from February until May to even talk to her about it, to let her know. And actually, she kind of heard about it more roundabout rather than directly. I told her I was called to India, but someone told her I was marrying. She was really devastated, I would say. She wanted to be a missionary. She was blessed when she knew I would be a missionary, but marrying somebody, the leader of a ministry, big age difference, she found out, and with two children. So it was very hard for her. And she thought she would never see me again. And I'm the youngest of five children, so always the youngest is a little harder to let go. I actually went back to uh, Winnipeg just to be with my family and let them know what was happening and the, the changes coming. And my mom was angry for months trying to figure this out. And I just kept telling her, I know it's God's will. I know it's God's will. And if I had any doubts that it was God's will or not, I probably would have stopped because of the pressure and the anger. But I'm so thankful the Lord gave me grace to stand with His call on my life. And whenever I, I've seen it over the years, whenever God speaks to somebody, whenever they want to obey Him, the enemy comes against it, especially through people close to us. 
And it's easy to say, okay, I won't do it. But God gave me grace to go through with it. He came and met my family, met my parents, shared his testimony, and my parents melted and prayed for us, blessed us, gave me permission, gave him permission to marry me and laid hands on us and prayed for us. And it just turned at my at our wedding, one of my aunts apologized to me for her thinking mm. against our marriage. And she said, I see it's clearly God's will. God brought you together. So it took time for God to convince people, but that's that's the way it is with anything we want to do that's God. It's not natural, and people will come against it. But we married, and uh, yeah. I also remember... We married in Canada. I wanted to marry her in Canada because we know we will be living in India. I did not marry a white lady to live a comfortable, happy, prosperous life in Canada. So I made it very clear to her, we are for God, our marriage to bring glory to the name of God. I'm an Indian, my heart is for India. We have to live in India. So because we decided, we, we know that, we wanted to live in India. I wanted my wife's friends and families to have that opportunity of marrying and attending our marriage in Canada. That was amazing. And I brought my, my kids came, my first wife, my children, my daughter and son. My daughter was married and her husband, they came to Canada, they could able to meet all the families and we stayed one month there. And it was amazing, God really building my family, bringing them together. My children, they loved the family, you know, because some people in India spoke to them negatively. Like, uh, hey, now your mom has already died. Now you're losing your dad also. Mm. If he's going to marry a foreigner, he will not be here. He will not be your dad anymore. So they try to speak against it, put fear in their hearts. But God amazingly organized them to be in my wedding and meet the family that brought such a unity in our family. And actually, it's amazing to know that her best friends are my daughter, and my daughter-in-law. Mm. And God blessed my family that they went to, they had a very good education, they all speak English. That helped them, her, to be so close together. And we honestly, we all live in one house. <laughs> my older children, their spouses, they, my, we have five grandchildren, we all live together. That amazed and also surprised many Indians. Mm. Even the Indian families, though Indian families are very united, they live together, but it's not like this unity. This is God's love bringing us together. Many Indians are so surprised and shocked. A white girl can live in India like an Indian. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, dressing like Indian, eating like Indian, even with their fingers, we don't use the uh, silverware in India. Dressing herself and uh, with the, she forgot actually. Sometimes when she go to market shopping, and she told me one time, I'm surprised 
like everybody was watching at me. And then I realized that I'm white. <laughs> so she even forgets she, when she was in India, like she's a white person. Mm. Only God can do that. That heart for the call of God on their lives. Many Indians, either girls or boys, when they marry foreigner, their intention is to go to that country for a better life. But this is not for a better life. This is for the best life what Jesus had for our lives together. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. All our friends were so surprised even when I said, you know, it's God's will for us to marry and watching us doing together you know, the work of the living God. Friends, it's very possible, irrespective of the color, irrespective of the language, culture, nations, continents, Jesus is one. He can make us one for His glory, for His purposes. As you guys uh, continued in your marriage, what were some of the biggest challenges that you encountered uh, now being together? And uh, yes, Upadam, I know you had a, a wife prior, and so you've kind of had some experience. But Monica, this was your first marriage. But if you could just tell us for the people, for the couples who are watching, what are some of those challenges that you came across and how did God help you through them? It's definitely, like he said, as far as the East is from the West, that's how different our cultures were. But some of the challenges were more that we had two children very quickly and then traveling the world. But before I even knew that I was marrying a man from India and traveling the world, I always said, I want to go with my husband if, if he travels. And so from the time our children, each of them was six months old, they were flying with us. They were in my stomachs when we were flying, just traveling with two babies and spending three months in the U.S. and some time in Canada and then going to Korea at the beginning of our marriage, that was challenging, you know, being on the road a lot. But I would say one of the biggest challenges for me was the spiritual warfare and battle in India. Because as a Canadian, I had never experienced anything like that before. The oppression of the enemy, the death threats, the, the darkness that's in India because of idolatry. Mm. And it's changed so much, like open heaven over the years and such a breakthrough spiritually. But at the beginning, that was hard, you know, dealing with sickness all the time. I got dengue fever once. Mm. Our son, Benjamin, got typhoid fever. Just dealing with all this battle nonstop, every day, a different battle physically most of the time. So I would say for me, that was the biggest challenge, which of course affects relationships and, and life, but such a grace really in it all to bring the Lord into these situations and to get to know the Lord more in it. So I would say that our marriage has lasted through all the extreme pressures of ministry and oppression of the enemy. India struggles um, is the grace of God. And if we can make it through all of that, anybody can make it, you know. And the enemy's always trying to destroy a marriage. He'll use anything. But by the grace of God, you know, He got us through and communication and uh, just knowing it's God, serving each other, 
serving the Lord together, that's really been so helpful in our marriage. And also, both of us know it's, there's no selfishness here. There's so much sacrifice. You know, I think I know English, <laughs> but how much English do I know? So even speaking in English, there's so much communication gap in thinking and talking. It's so different. But the only thing that brought us together is knowing it's God's will, knowing God in it, and willing to sacrifice anything for the kingdom, for the glory of God. So if in the marriages, if there's no sacrifices from both sides, it's a difficult. Selfishness is the greatest enemy of the marriage mm. and false expectations rather than being realistic, mm -hmm. being real, you know, loving each other, you know, supporting each other. If it is not for God, I don't think we would have made it. Mm. And uh, our desire to live for God, God's plan for our lives made it possible. If it is possible with us from East and West coming together, it should be possible with any marriage. Absolutely. Uncle, what are, what are you most thankful about uh, your wife? Oh boy. That's uh, a great uh, question, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> if it is not for her, I would have been alive even today. One of the greatest things God spoke to her, she did not marry me for ministry. She married me to serve me. My life is her ministry. That's how she took the marriage and serving her husband in whatever God called him to do. So in that process, being with me, taking care of me, serving the ministry by, through serving me personally. That's the greatest desire God laid in her heart. So when she has a heart to serve me, when she realizes that's her highest call of life to serve her husband, man, I'm blessed. How many wives really has that tendency? Many times they expect others to serve them. So that's why I said sacrifice. Marrying to serve is, I'm, I'm honored, I'm privileged to have her as my wife and uh, traveling with me, living with me. Man, yeah, grateful, thankful. And Monica, same, same question to you. What are you most uh, thankful for your husband? I'm thankful that he is so committed to the Lord and devoted to the Lord that nothing matters to him except following Jesus and obeying Jesus. And with that, I can follow him. It's not easy because following Jesus is, is sacrificial. It's laying down your life. It hasn't always been easy. That probably, I'd say, is also one of the challenges of being married to a man like him. But that he, that I can trust him because of that, his passion for the Lord and, and obedience to the Lord and just thankful that he has pushed me to do things that I never expected to do, that he has helped me 
overcome so many things in my life, fear, fear of getting up in front of people. I never traveled, barely traveled when I went to India and married. So many things I'd never done before. And he could have said, okay, just, you know, be comfortable. But he pushed me out of my comfort zone and helped me to become the person I am today by the grace of God. So just, yeah, so much, um, so much good has come out of our coming together for both of us. I'm so thankful to the Lord. What is an encouragement that you can give to to couples who are watching? And we'll first focus on maybe those who are um, desiring marriage. And uh, maybe they haven't found that other person to come into that commitment with and that covenant with. What is it a word of encouragement that you can give to that person that is thinking about it, maybe not too sure if they want to go into that? What would you say to them? From my side, <coughs> knowing God's will and doing God's will in respect of consequences. It's not like whether you like, it's not my feelings, but knowing and doing, obeying. So that's the best way to choose a life partner. And I've met a lot of girls along the way that have said, I don't want to marry, or I'd like to marry in five years, or I want this, or I want that. And my advice is lay it all down and say, Lord, whatever you want, that's what I'll do. Because then God can have His way and do what He wants to do with our lives. But as long as we're holding on to something, we're stopping God from moving in our lives and giving us, possibly bringing us to our husband because we're thinking something different. So we're not open to what God might be doing. So laying, surrendering that area of their lives to the Lord to let him do whatever. And I think that helped me saying, God, whatever you want, wherever you want me to go, I'll do it. God, you show me who my husband is. I'll I'll um, marry that person. And so then God could do that. So surrender is the the key. Yeah. Now, for for couples who may be watching who are already married, and maybe they're going through a tough season in their marriage, um, and I would say maybe even contemplating divorce, could you just give a word of encouragement to those who are watching? Friends, marriage is honorable thing, honorable in all things. It started with God. It's a desire of God for every human being to be married and be blessed and be multiplied and be fruitful. So honoring God through our marriages is the most important thing. Yes, things get tough. Simple advice from me is clear communication, clarity in communication. If you don't understand each other, you misunderstand everything. So asking questions and getting clarity of what we are thinking, what we are saying. So communication is the most important thing. Communication along with the sacrifice, knowing marriage is from God for His glory, for His purposes, would really take us through. Trust me, if it is not for God, we would have never been together all these years. We know it is God. Mm. 
and we trusted God and God is taking us through. Only death can separate us. Mm. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Because it's God's will, enemy wants to destroy. He, is, he came to steal, to destroy and to kill. But Jesus came to give life, life eternal and to bless us, to multiply us and to be fruitful. That's God's desire. So let not the enemy, the liar, the destroyer, the stealer, the killer enter into the marriages. Put Jesus in the middle and he's faithful. He's trustworthy. Irrespective of how failure we are, he's so faithful, he's trustworthy to take us through. Please don't ever go to the point of separation or giving up. Jesus able to take us through. Amen. Anything you would like to add to that, Monica, as far as uh, giving an encouragement to couples who maybe are contemplating divorce? Our marriages are worth fighting for, for ourselves, for our children, and for the Lord, for His glory. We want to stay together for His glory and defeat the enemy because the enemy wants to destroy marriages. So to gain victory, and it is hard, it is hard, but knowing it's the enemy, not our spouse, is not the enemy, but the devil is our enemy, and knowing that we don't want to give him the victory. We want to give the Lord the victory. We fight for our marriages, whatever it takes. There will be misunderstandings. There will be problems. But my husband always say, says, every problem has a solution. So finding the solutions in our marriages, whatever it takes, fighting for it, not giving up. One thing I share a lot with women is marriage is sanctifying. And so if we see it that way, we can also allow our spouse to help in that process, to help us become more like Jesus. So if, if they're saying something, if there's something we're struggling with because of them, if we see it from a different perspective, many times that's the key. Seeing God is using them to change us, to sanctify us, to make us more like Jesus, to prepare us to see Jesus, that helps us to accept many of the, the struggles, the iron sharpening iron that happens in marriage. So I would say, change your perspective, women, on your marriage, and it'll help so much. And just have the heart to serve your husband and seek the Lord to not be selfish, to not have expectations, but to lay down our lives for our husband, for our marriage, for the Lord. Hope is the ultimate purpose of life with Jesus. And He gave us such a hope. So please don't give up. We are called to fight the battle. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. We are fighting against the principalities in the heavenly places. Enemy is our common enemy. So be together in fighting this battle. We are called for victory, not for defeat. I always believed, always say, Jesus knows no defeat and the devil knows 
no victory and we are on God's side, our Savior's side through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We are called to be overcomers. We are called to be overcomers and victory is our destiny. Yeah, and really even for singles, surrendering our lives to the Lord for such a time as this, we're in a very, very important time in history and surrendering our lives to the Lord so that He can do whatever He wants in our lives, through our lives, to show us who our marriage, who our partner is, to give us a purpose for our life, to use us, that He would use us wherever He wants to use us, that in marriage, that He would use us for His glory. As we surrender to Him, things become so much more clear. So single, married, surrender to Jesus and let Him work in you, through you, for His glory, for His purposes, and prepare us to meet Him soon. Lastly, could you both pray for those who are watching your testimony and are receiving uh, from your testimony right now? Lord, thank you for this amazing opportunity to share what you've done in our lives, Lord. You're so good, and you're so faithful, and we wouldn't be here without you. And I just pray your grace, Lord God, over everyone who is watching, that you would put hope into their hearts and minds and souls, Lord, where there's hopelessness, where there's pain, where there's struggle, where there's suffering. I pray for hope, Lord God. I pray for peace, Lord God. Encourage the hearts of your people, Lord God. Restore marriages, Father. Yes. Only you can do it. Break yes. the powers of darkness, yes. of the enemy coming against your people, Lord God. Yes. Destroy the works of darkness, the bondages, Lord God, in the lives of your people. And restore. We ask for that, Lord. Pray you'd revive in this year of revival around the earth, Lord God. Touch marriages. Yes. Revive marriages, Lord God. Yes. Have your way, Father, and bring victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, I'm not asking for gold and silver. I'm asking for your power, your protection, provision in every marriage, Lord. Commit them into your hands Jesus. for your purposes, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.